another exciting episode of A Legion on Zoom. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of The Legion on Zoom. And as always, when this happens, I'm a little bit starstruck. I'm a little bit nervous, but this is Trez. And today we have a special guest with us. Uh, should I let the guys do the rounds or should I just give our guest the honor of being introduced before the oh, two of you? Oh, damn. Switching it up. I think I think it's worth it. People might be listening. Bef- you know, <laughs> you should know that I am Miguel. Or I already sneaked my intro in. Yep. And I'm Rod. What's up? Okay, great. Fine. Fair enough. All right. So today, like I said, it is an honor to have another contributor to the genre that we all love. He started on his own on the indie comic book called The Agency in 2014. Then he was labeled a breakout success by Comixology in that same year and has continued to work in the indie field on their books like Pray, Angels, well, I'm sorry, Pray for Angels and In Fairy. He is currently working on an amazing book called The Illusion Witch that we had the pleasure of reading the first book and we cannot wait for book two. Please welcome to the show, everybody, Mr. Ruben Romero. Hey, hey what's up, uh, guys? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That was a hell of an intro. I feel I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm like, damn. Yo, my, sounds like a lot of work. I like that guy. I am sweating right now so much from that. <laughs> you're also wearing like a, a little nippy though, right? Chaz. Like you're like, listen, maybe just remove something. Man. I am a I am a symbol of the show on principle when I remove anything. <laughs> But yeah, man, like I has um like I had said, I read the Illusion Witch book one. Um, first off, props to your colorist. Um the the colors just blew me away. It looked amazing. The story itself, it I enjoyed it very, very much. It took a whole bunch of turns that I didn't expect from time to time. And we're definitely gonna get into all of that, and people are gonna hear about it. But the one thing that I'm assuming the people want to know is how did you get into writing comics? Like the journey. And I see that you were in a Marvel hat. Are you trying to make a sub statement oh. about your loyalties? You just flashed that. I know I'm like, with what's it. Going on? Oh, no, <laughs> I'm just uh, adjusting the hat, adjusting the hat. Um, no, I mean, you know, they say they say to manifest your goals. So, you know, obviously I'm on the indie level. Um, I got this big vision board. Uh, this is totally off topic, but you, you mentioned, you know, where I want to go and where I want to be. Yeah. There, there's certain stories and characters I'd love to write. You know, I'm uh, Hispanic. I'm a Latino. So, you know, born in Venezuela, raised by a Cuban mother. Uh, it would make me uh, incredibly happy in my lifetime if I could write Miles Morales, uh, you know, Spider-Man. Yes. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that, that I put out there into the world. Uh, but how I got started was, um, you know, growing up in Miami, uh, I just I was doing music for a while and a uh, screenwriting competition came up for Amazon uh, wow. where they were looking, I guess, you know, at the time they had just they were getting the ball rolling on Amazon Studios. So they were looking for like a collective of ideas at the time. And uh, me and my best friend and co-creator on the agency wrote uh, a zombie script called Highly Contagious. And uh, I just after we finished writing it, you know, we got we didn't win the competition. Obviously, the movie didn't get made, but. Uh, we did get a lot of great feedback about the writing and, you know, the premise. And I was just like, man, I want to do something else. I want to, you know, I was stepping away from the music. And uh, I went to a comic book store and picked up The Walking Dead because I'm a huge zombie fan. Uh, George A. Romero is probably like top five creator for me all the time. Of course, of yeah. course, of course. Um, and, you know, I was I read The Walking Dead. Kirkman stuff just blew me away. And I was like, let's do a comic book. Let's write a comic book. I had no idea what it, it took to make a comic book or how to write one. Um, so I just, you know, did my homework and we went out and, and wrote the agency and uh, and and turned around and found an artist who we clicked with and we were able to submit it to Image and Image passed on it. And that kind of gave me the, the fuel to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go take it out into the world and see what other people think. And like I said, you know, like you mentioned, Comixology, uh, we did some pretty impressive numbers when we put out the agency. Number one, uh, we were labeled to break out success. Uh, we were going to New York Comic Con, so they invited me to be on the panel uh, there speaking about indie creators and, you know, that platform. Uh, and ever since then, I haven't looked back. You know, it's just one of those things where I just kept going. I mean, uh, it's always a struggle on the indie level because you're you're doing it all on yourself. you got to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, that's where that's where it all started, man. Just just 
having the, the itch to write and wanting to create something that was bigger than myself uh, and, and leave behind a legacy. And, and that's where it started. Yo, dope, man. Respect for like the dedication and putting in the effort. <laughs> and, and we love all that. We actually, you know, we would love to know, like, you know, break it down. Like exactly how does that even work? Right. What's in what, what does it take? You know, you're saying putting all these different hats. Like what, what does that look like? Even like you mentioned, you reach out for an artist that you wanted to work with. How does that even happen? Like, yeah. Well, was, and and right was, before you answer that question, Ruben, what kind of music, just before you jump into the comic book? I was wondering that it, too. <laughs> real quick, what kind of music were you making before you started getting into the comics business? Uh, I was rapping. I was I was a rapper nice. for like 10 for like 10 years. Yeah, man. You know, we put out a few mixtapes. My boy still does it. I was part of a group called No Cut. Um, and it was just like a duo. And, uh, you know, I thought I was the, the, the Latin Eminem, you know, yes. um, but <laughs> but but, uh, you know, I, I, unfortunately, the, the record business did not think I was the Latin. Eminem. <laughs> but that but that's OK. You know, it's, it's those things. It's it's always been something with me. I've always wanted to do something larger than myself, wanted to leave behind something that, you know, um, my my then not born child uh, could could look back on in the world and be like, man, you know, pops really really went went for the gusto you know he followed his dreams he did everything he wanted to do um whether it worked or it didn't you know he he had the dedication to get up and, and keep doing it so uh that's what i was doing man you know music uh, fortunately i was smart enough to to be like you know what i th this is time to transition you know and the writing that script contest really put that really put like the the, the my whole life into perspective because i realized that for a long time uh writing uh, a writer is what i am Right. So like even when it came down to the music, I had tons of producers be like, man, you're ill. You're like your writing skills are ill, but they never talked about like my delivery or my, you know, yeah, anything yeah. that had to do with being the rapper. Right. It was always <laughs> about like the writing. So I'm, I'm just a writer, you know, and uh, I even have a shirt for the cons that says just the writer because, you know, people ask you, they're like, oh, you drew this. And you're like, no, I just wrote it. And they're like, oh. Their whole demeanor shifts, you know, like it's it's kind of almost deflating. But at the same time, that's now them, I think man. that's their loss. Right, right, right. But now I think right now we're living in a world where people are checking, yeah. right? They're like seeing yeah. who created yeah. who created that show, who wrote mm -hmm. that, you know, and they're going back and they're giving these writers their flowers. So, uh, you know, it, luckily, you know, that that's I, I'm not doing it for the fame. Like I said, I'm doing it more for my family and for myself to just know that. Hey, I set a goal and I hit that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't pull any punches. Um, so, so yeah. So, so hip hop was was definitely the 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 music I was working on. Yo, I actually am dying awesome, to know awesome. if there's some of the hip hop if, 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 with your style in in writing does that influence your comic book writing at all? Um, you know, the writers are are very much like rappers to to me in my mind. It's it's a very competitive field. So, you know, you have to have that swag and that bravado uh, and not come through you or, it, you know, come off of you, but through your writing, uh, through your characters, uh, you have to be able to like, you know, like we were talking about in real life. You know, I write I write a book called The Agency where, uh, you know, it's five different personalities It's a teenager. It's four different mages. You know, you got a woman, uh, you know, an, Af an African-American, uh, uh, a guy from London and a playboy. I'm none of those things. You know what I'm saying? So I got to find that mindset and I got to find their swag and their and their the way that they carry themselves um, on a constant basis. So to me, it's like it's it's not unlike being a rapper. A lot of these guys, you sit down one on one and, you know, they they're not really their persona. Right. Like little Wayne might, you know, might blow you away in conversation. Right. But you think little Wayne is just as lean sipping, weed smoking, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he's probably got a lot of knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Same thing True. where there's other others that are very apparent, like J. Cole is disgusting, you know, behind the mic. And he sounds like the like like the most grimiest dude sometimes. But then you listen to him and he's got like a heart of gold. He's like the, the, the nicest guy ever. So sure. it's 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 kind of like that that dichotomy that you have to have. you got to embody your characters at the moment and then let your work speak for yourself. So to me, music and and and, and comic book writing and, and just writing in general really go hand in hand. And now, considering that those are two pretty different crafts, even though they are pretty parallel, what would you say was the biggest transition challenge as far as the writing itself because they're both extremely hard to sit down and write a song and to sit down and write a comic they're both extremely very very hard things to do right what is 
the hardest difference, I guess you would say, when you had to make the jump? Um, I think when it came to just writing in general, um, yeah. it was it was this, it's the story because with 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 writing lyrics, you know, you get in the you get in the studio, you know, you 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 get your vibe check in, and you're just like, okay, what are we doing today? We, we're doing a song about trapping. We're doing a song about being in the club. We're we're doing yeah. a song about you know a falling home, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you kind of like you hit on those notes with writing. It's like like you talked about um, earlier when you were reading The Illusion, which it's those turns. It's that I got to write towards the turn. I got to make you turn the page and be like, yeah. oh, what? And you did it. What, and you did it. What happened here? <laughs> and, you know, some, you know, sometimes you got to go back a couple pages and be like, OK, yeah, I read that right. This is happening. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So it's like it's one of those things where from it's 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 the story. The story is the difference uh, because 16 bars is 16 bars or 22 bars, 22 bars. Uh, but really writing a story longevity wise and saying okay i'm gonna plant seeds that are not gonna fully grow until i get to this certain place and then have that restraint to allow that to grow organically and and be you know and not be forced in uh and again that's why i love the comics medium when it comes to screenwriting that's a different story you only got an hour and a half two hours max you know to tell a certain story so there's some things that you do have to kind of jam in there uh but with comics it's like you know, I started the illusion, which thinking, okay, five issue miniseries, but mm -hmm. now I'm I'm thinking, okay, maybe I do eight because people are responding, yes. and there's and there's like a vibe that you know people really like the story. So how do I give them more um, and really you know make it feel organic and, and fresh? So it, it's it, it's always that 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 kind of thing that you're playing with, at least for myself as a writer, is you know where do I, where do I put those, where do I plant those seeds? How do I handle this turn? Um, and how do I respect my characters to the point where people feel like, you know, they're not slighted, right? Cause sometimes we'll pick up a book and we read one and we're like, yeah. man, this, this isn't my guy, or this isn't, you know, this isn't this character. And, and you can feel the, that, you know, so it's, you know, even though these are brand new and don't have anything, you don't have any, you know, there's not 75 years of character history you could fall back on like Marvel and DC, you know, you're reading Adia for the first time, but that first issue sets a tone for you that yeah. if in issue four, she does something that's off, you're like, well, she wasn't like that before. And she hasn't really shown any signs of growing into that decision. Like, why did Ruben do that? So it's it's one of those things where it's that you have to learn that that restraint and that structure uh, and that cadence that I like to call it, you know, going back to music is trying to hit those notes, right? And trying to figure that out. So that to me was the biggest transition is how do I evolve the story for the reader? Uh, to where they feel, you know, like that they've got the whole picture. Gotcha. And listen, man, you definitely hit those notes because <laughs> I had a, I had a few what the fuck moments when it came <laughs> to Adia. I was like, oh shit, that's ballsy writing, and I like it, and I like it. Word, and I agree because with what you're saying too, like with we're hooked, you know. I, we'll get into properly the illusion, which yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah. we will. <laughs> you know, right, but, right, right. but 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 exactly, you're right. You know, and what you were describing about, you know, with, with your song writing process and and with the book, exactly like the voice of every character in the book is different, you know, and I can tell. And even you're saying, yeah, you don't have the long history of Marvel to like, but sometimes that's also like a detriment sometimes, right? Because then that means we're expecting mm -hmm. a certain kind of thing. And then we get pissed off when people don't do that. And I think with your introduction of Adi and Illusion, which it's like, I already know who she is, you know, from one issue, I already got, or at least an idea of an aspect of her, right? And we'll see what her journey goes to. And and with that, actually, now I'm like, I'm definitely curious. I'm like, I want to read the agency. No, I like, I want to read your other books just because I'm like, oh shit, like, let's, let's check your stuff out, man. Yeah, man. You know what? No, I appreciate it. And uh, to circle back to your question uh, originally before the music, um, you know, I think for any new creators that are listening, there's a couple boxes you got to check, you know, and, and, and it all starts with research and homework. And, you know, my Facebook page looks very different than it did in 2014 uh, in terms of who was on there. Right. Like when I went to go make comics, I didn't know anything about comics. I didn't know where to find artists. I didn't know what a script looked like. Um, I didn't know that, you know, the guy who, who does the, 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 the word bubbles is going to be separate from the guy who does the colors. You know, I'm looking for oh, an wow. all in one man band, you know, like those things, I had to learn those things. So it was just a lot of reading, uh, in terms of, 
um, like Scott McCloud's how to how to how to write comics, um, and then just devouring a lot of the medium. I grew up reading them, but in Miami, you know, the older you get, the cooler you get, right? Or you know, quote unquote. <laughs> so you know, reading comics was stuff that that just didn't play right, right outside in the in in, in high school and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it was just it, those things get put away. But as you as I got out of that and, you know, in my in my like 19 to 20, 25 range, I was I was going to the studio, but I was also going back home and reading comic books. Um, so I got back into it. And uh, and once I decided to read them uh, or write them full time, uh, I I read. I mean, I every week on you know every Wednesday I go out. I spend you know close to fifty to one hundred and some bucks a, a week Ooh. on comics. Um, and I'm not collecting them. I'm I'm studying them. I'm reading them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Do I do they go in the box? Yes, they go in the box and they're in the pretty little bags and everything. You know, my son <laughs> will, will inherit them. Um, but I'm not doing it like on a purpose. You know, like on a like purposely. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not yeah. doing it to to like collect or make money. I'm doing it because these guys are my are my professors and I have to and I got to learn the a lot of people were like, oh, the pandemic's so boring. Like the pandemic was right up my alley, man. Like, I mean, sans everybody dying, like, you know, and people, you know, passing of away, um, you know, and all the negativity that went with it. Like it was right up my alley because I got to stay home and work from home and 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 read just a ton of comics. And it was one of those things where it's like I feel like I've grown so much in this last year that the illusion, which is really uh, the first book, uh, besides in fairy, uh, that I've sat down and written since the pandemic. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I even notice myself the growth, right? Because I'm learning so much from these, from these other writers. So it's just about that. Like, it, it's like anything when you, when you three wanted to start a podcast, you were like, okay, I know we can, I know we need a recording program and we need some good mics <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and we need some good headphones and I need a spot that that doesn't look like I'm a serial killer like Ruben with a black background right <laughs> over here. You know, I need I need to show everybody, you know, that I that I that I'm I mean business. So, you know, it's it and you go from there, right? You sit down, you're like, all right, guys, let's do it. And you hit record. And by the end of it, you got a you got a podcast. Now it's there's it's more intricate than that. I know because my boy Casey runs a network, uh, you know, DFAT network, and they've got several podcasts under their belt. But it's just one of those things where it's like you know, it's like anything. If you don't know it, you got to learn it, you know, and you're going to take your hits and you're going to take your bumps and bruises along the way. But if it's something that you love and you're passionate about, well, then that's going to shine through. And then the product is only going to get better. I remember talking to Robert Kirkman in 2014, no, 15, excuse me, at New York Comic Con. And I was like, I was like, dude, this is, you know, this is my first comic book, giving him the agency. And he was like, this is your first comic book? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, dude, this looks really professional. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, he's like, you know, and I'm like, any advice? And he's like, well, I usually tell people to put out shit until the shit gets better. Right. Well, this this is good. Ah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is good. You know, ah, and I was like, he was like, crazy. And he was like, so just keep doing that, you know? So he was, you know, he was a really nice guy, you know? And I got similar advice from Joshua Williamson, who was one of my favorite writers. Uh, he's writing Robin right now, wrote Nail yeah, Biter. Flash too, uh, yeah. You know, did a, has, a, has, a sick, has a sick run on The Flash. Uh, very similar advice. You know, he said just, you know, in New York Comic Con, same thing. Just keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing and keep working and you will eventually get to where you want to be. Um, so I took that and, and I ran with it, you know? And I said, you know what? If these guys could do it, I can do it. What's, you know, what's, what's stopping me. So it's just, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey. So how does a book like the illusion, which come to be like, what inspired it? And then how'd you get the ball rolling on it? All right, so I'm going to take you really low and then, and then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bum you out a little bit, but then I'm going to bring you it. back up. So go for it. Go for it. Um, go for it. So uh, at the end of the, of the issue, uh, you know, there's that dedication to my mom. Um, so my mom passed away, uh, shortly after, uh, I, I wrote the agency. Um, so she never really even got to see, you know, what, what I was doing, um, when it came to the comics. Um, but what she did do was leave me with a healthy dose of confidence, um, and told me, you know, what you're doing, this dream that you're following, don't give up on it. You know, and I know it sounds cliche and almost made up, but it's the truth. It was one of the last things she said to me. Um, but she was like, keep, keep pushing because you're going to make it. You're going to do amazing things. And I believed her, you know, so uh, and I continue to believe her. So uh, 
you know, as a kid, she she fed me Stephen King books, Michael Crichton books. Uh, she let me stay up late to watch movies. Um, you know, she she was the the ever like omnipresent queen of my life. Like there there was nothing higher to me than my mom. Um, so when I started thinking about the illusion, which um, I started to think about how I how I dealt with her death right and how i dealt with her passing and uh and you know spoiler alert i did not deal with it very well um as a matter of fact it kept me out of comics for almost a year and a half almost two years uh, i didn't do anything it just stopped me dead in my tracks i uh, i became a very anxious depressed person um and i cut off a lot of my relationships were very short you know my friends you know my best friend was there but everybody else was kind of like eh you know, I want everybody at a distance have been hurt. I realized that life was was very fragile. Um, and uh, and I was like, man, I don't know how I, if I can deal with anybody else close to me passing away like that, you know. Uh, so I wanted to tell a story about somebody who who really had 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 it all seemingly right. Like on the on the on the outside layer, on the upper layer, mansion, fast car. She can pull a guy like that. She can pull a chick. Um, she's got it all but deep down inside there are festering wounds that are eating her relationships alive and she yeah. is doing nothing about it nothing right so i was like well yeah i can do that you know i can i can tap into that um so i was like okay well i can i can tell a, a kind of just linear story about a person who's dealing with this stuff but that's also not me. Right. Because I, you know, I'm a Spielberg kid. I'm a Lucas kid. You know, I, uh, like I said, I grew up reading Crichton and, uh, and Stephen King. So there was something that for me, I was like, I need to do, I need to do something that's going to be different. And, uh, but I knew that Adia had to be repaired, right? Like Adia, that was her, that was her issue. She was cutting everybody off. She's got no emotional ties. She's ignoring the death of her father. She's like literally not even looking towards the death of her son uh, because she knows if she does, it's probably going to break. Right. So I was like, but how do I force that upon her? So I said, well, I got to take her on a journey. I got to take her on like this uh, ring to Mordor. Right. Except there's no ring. There's just a piece of sh piece of crap person who needs to become better. Right. Who needs yeah. to realize that she is more than what she is feeling and seeing. So I was like, all right, cool. So and 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 I was like, all right, well, how do I do that? And and I had been toying with my my a good friend of mine, the editor on the book, Chris Walk. Um, he 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 says, you know, Ruben's the, the Romero verse, right? Like everything is inside the Romero verse. So I was toying with this fantasy world called Sarai, and um, it's actually a part of another story that I wrote on another level. Um, and I was like, you know what, Sarai's cool. I'm gonna bring Sarai here. Right. Nice. And then and then so I grabbed that and I said, OK, well, now we get Adia to Sarai. But how does you know, how does Adia get through Sarai? And I was like, she's going to need a guide. And uh, and for a long time, I was like, you know what? Um, everybody's always saying, you know, listen to your inner voice and listen to who you who, what you're telling yourself to do in life. Right. Um, yeah. And I was like, she needs that, but she doesn't have one. So she needs a sidekick. She needs somebody who's going to help her. And Baru is that for her. Right. So Baru is kind of like me and my voice. Right. Like Baru no. is very much like the person who's like, listen, you're special. You just need to believe it. Right. Um, and who knows, like, man, you are trash, but you can be better. You can be better. Um, so it, so I, you know, I, I put that all together and I said, OK, uh, this is how we're going to do it. And before I knew it, it was it was like I said, I, at first it was five and now I'm thinking eight um, just because, again, Adia has got a lot of room to grow and I don't want to force that upon you guys. I want you kind of guys to kind of like, you know, go through that experience with her. So I had a condensed version, but now I'm like now I've, I've, I've laid it out into a full issue of just this situation. I can't really go into details, details, but um, just the situation with her. Um, coming face to face with the things that she ran out on when it comes to with her son. And I had a plan where I was going to break it down father son issue. But now since I've given myself that room to breathe, like she gets a full issue for her son. So it's, it's this, it's going to be crazy. Uh, it's not so issue four, but it's, it's I like, my goal isn't to make you cry, but I really want you to, I really want you to feel it. 
like I really want you to like like go in there and be like damn I want to read that again like I want to read it again because I want I want to know that I want to know that what I'm feeling is is justified, right? So it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm hoping that once you get to issue four and you you come to the end of it, you have like that, just that love. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just that that mm, like all right, let's go, girl. Come on, I want to see what you do next now. You know? So um, I'm excited about it. But yeah, it was just yeah, it was just about finding the the, the story rod and and really figuring out how do I put these two different this fantasy kind of trek through a world unknown and this real world situation where this woman, there's no, there's, you know, you know, like if God, people are looking for a prophecy or Adia is the reason, you know, you're not going to get that here. You're going to get, you know, Adia is going to ask the question why, and you're going to, you're going to get an answer, but there is no prophecy. There's no, there's no scroll that says Adia had to be the one. Adia is the one because of the things that she's gone through. So you're, and, and as you go through that, you'll understand like, Oh yeah, it can only be her. It's it's only right. So it's it, there. Like for me, it was that. Like, how do I do that? Because that's what people are going to be expecting. People are going to be expecting that she's like some prophecy and she's got real magic. No, none of that. <laughs> none of that. So um, and and we'll continue to go there. And you know, yes, will she be able to do these things? You know, that like other. You know, because obviously Sarai is a magical world. Will she? Well, we're just gonna have to wait and find out. Is she? Can she be, you know, almost Thor-like? Is she worthy enough, right? Let's ask yeah. that question. Is she worthy enough to be able to do that? Is she, is, she, is she the kind of person that would do well with that kind of power? And that, those are the questions that we have to, you know, find answers to along the way. Yeah, man. I think, you know, props to your writing because like, yeah, like I get it, man. I get what you're describing. I think, you know, for the for the listeners out there, uh, you know, because the, the, the first issue, book one, right? It's it, it, like as you're describing, it starts with Arya's, Arya's uh, uh, story. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, like how this piece of crap person, you know, is. But I do think you did a great job at providing context, too, because also if she's not like a character that you immediately like just hate. You know, because you're seeing her be difficult. Well, I think for people, you know, the first issue issues is like you see her as a child bonding with her dad, learning magic, you know, how to be a magician. Uh, and so which is awesome. And then but then she be she goes through these horrible things. She loses her dad and then and then ends up losing her son. And I think that's awesome because then it does give you the what's well, not awesome that they died. No, that's that's not the awesome thing. But it's like word like, damn, dude, Jesus Christ. But it's like I kind of get it, you know, and there's these scenes, you know, where the when she, she wakes up, one of the girls that she hooked up with or something and she's like, ah, bitch or something. And you, I enjoyed that. <laughs> you're like, you feel you get it. You're like, yeah, that's a bitch move. But also you're like, I don't know, man, like you get it. Right. And you want to see what's going on. And I think kudos to you man because that's fucking impressive to do in one issue you know to really lay out a character kind of complex with that kind of both things that you're like ah i don't like what you just did but i kind of get it and i kind of want to see what happens and then everything else you mentioned about then the fucking the magic right the, the 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 fantasy side of the book which was like whoa all right how are you connecting these two things and how it relates and and for a big thing what you mentioned was uh baru right that that's going to be helped to link the the this fantasy side of it to her life how would you describe baru like what in terms you said that he's like the conscious but i mean like actually like what 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 kind of like creature is he or um he's a he's a he's a destruted day um it's like they're a member of the weasel family um so it's you know he's there's a there's a joke in the book that my that my letterist um put in like when he's popping in and out of locations where Addy has been and somebody's like is that a badger um oh, so, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so you know like Baru's been a badger a weasel you know uh, a cat like all my you know like all my creative guys like they had fun with Baru they like Baru they like the idea of of Baru uh but yeah I mean he's an actual he's an actual an animal I, I don't know how to spell it but uh but he is an actual animal it's it's uh he's like I said a, a destroyer today or something like that it's it's a very long word but uh but yeah no nah, I just thought he was for lack of a better term really cute like the animal was really cute and I was like I was like you know I've got a thing for you know growing up watching the rescuers down under and you know all these Disney yes. movies um <laughs> you know um like I, you know, I just I've always had a, a thing for talking animals, and uh, and I was like, okay, 
I, I need a little bit of comedy relief, not like slapstick uh, Jar Jar Binks, but I need, yeah. you know, somebody who's going to come in and kind of just take all that heavy stuff and kind of just lighten it just a little bit. And Baru has, he has a way of doing both. Um, he has a way of cracking a joke or making a remark that is very like on, on the nose or off the cuff. And you're just like, ah, yeah, that definitely really. Uh, and then he also has the ability to be very wise, right. And say, and say things that just hit. Um, and you look, and you know, you, you take what he says and you're like, wow, if that wasn't, you know, if he wasn't a talking animal, that would be, you know, it'd be Alfred Pennyworth. It'd be, you know, it'd be, it'd be a dad giving yeah. great advice. You know, um, it's, it's, he's just that kind of person where, uh, or that kind of per a character where he does, he can do a little bit of, of everything. Um, but he's also very vulnerable because he's a small creature and, you know, he doesn't have, he has one particular power set, which is being able to kind of like fold space, like be able to pop in, in places kind of like yeah. Nightcrawler, but not so much where, He's got the, you know, he's got to kind of build up the, 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 the energy to do it. Um, and that's by traveling long distances. So he can't do it on command or all the time. He can only do it if he's gone a certain, uh, a certain way on foot. So it's, um, you know, he's, he's definitely one of my favorites. I, I, I do love him. I do, I do love Baru. He's, he's definitely a character that, uh, he's, that's why he's the first trading card. I'm gonna have to send you guys all this stuff. So when we're done here, um, you know, I'll message you guys and you guys send me the address. I'll send you some physical stuff. Hold up. You got uh, trading cards? Wait, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's dive into this now. Stop. Wait, word. Yeah. Hold this. Actually, like yeah. sort, sort of related to that. Okay. So, you, you know, you had the concept for the book mm -hmm. now and you had previously published other books, right? Like up until this point, how many books had you, had you already uh, independently published? Right. Are you publishing um, them independently? Uh, I like I was like the agency, the agency started off um, on Alterna Comics and then we pulled our deal from there and started thinking like productions, which was me, my ex-wife and my best friend. Um, and we produced <clears throat> we produced Pray for Angels, which is a five issue miniseries based on a script written by Christian Fraga, which is kind of like, uh, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes meets you know interview with a vampire it's it, it deals with like Damn. you think Sold. you think it's um yeah, yeah, you, in, yeah it's like it takes place in france like a few years after the last jack the ripper killings and um and then it picks up in london uh or excuse me in paris uh where they think jack the ripper has reemerged, and it ends up being like this you know a cult dark you know thing and it's 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 a cool book it's a it's a really cool concept i got to work with sajad shah which is a really great indie artist um i was i basically all, all i did there was like i said the script was written all i did there was transfer what was on script to comic book script uh you know i kind of toned you know i kind of edited the 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 dialogue um and i was kind of like the art director on there because like i said it was just Everything was there for me. I just had to take a hundred and some plus page script and turn it into five issues. Uh, and then while I was doing that, we were releasing the agency. So between the agency and Prey, that's that's eleven books, um, you know, eleven issues uh, of two different series. Uh, and then we started to work on the business side where we started to pick up other creators. And that's kind of where things fell apart because I started to be more of a business person than a comic book writer. Uh, so then after my mom. Uh, you know, after 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 all of that with my mom and then, you know, we started the company. I got, a you know, a year into the company and a year into the marriage, I ended up getting a divorce. So then it kind of all hit me at the same time. Right. Like I lost my mom and I dove into work. Right. I just started grinding. So I never really processed that. And then a year into my marriage, that falls apart. So then I don't I don't really process that. So like six months later, I'm sitting in like this one bedroom studio by myself in Tampa. And uh, and I basically snap and I'm just like, oh, like this is what anxiety and depression feel like. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, oh, damn. Uh, so it kind of took me away, uh, which really sucked because at the time I was working on a book called Three Swords, which was which was a, a retelling of the Three Musketeers with uh, with another creator named Bob Sally. We put out issue one. But uh, and I was working on a book called The Throwaways with a really talented artist named Clara Meath. Um, and those books just didn't get the love and attention that they deserved because of 
my mental health and where I was at. And that kind of put me, you know, in a really bad place. So I kind of stopped. Right. Uh, and then I hooked up with Casey Bowker, uh, who, who I met in New York Comic Con. And uh, I was ready to come back into the game. And I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so late 2019, we released in Ferry. Um, and then I come right, come right back with the agency number six. And, and now I'm here with the Illusion Rich. So it's, it's like I said, it's been a journey and it's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, but, you know, I'm finally, you know, I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I'm finally hitting a stride to where things are, things are paying off. Dividends are paying off. I can't really talk about it, but uh, there's some big news for 2022 and the illusion, which uh, what I can say is it's going on a publisher. I can't tell you which publisher Whoa, yet, shit. Um, but, but it is, it is going to a publisher uh, and hopefully will be released uh, April of 2022. We'll, we'll start, you know, comic book. It'll it'll hit comic book stores and and things like that. So, um, but don't worry. I'll you know I'll, I'll come back when when I announce. Oh yes. And, yeah, wait, and don't we, forget uh, about us, man. Yeah. No man, nah, <laughs> nah man. No, did you know? I see it already. Nah man, nah, not at all, not at all. The Legion I, of you know, I, <laughs> I thought, I, was I on the show, guys? I don't remember. No, 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 not at all, man. Like, I, you know, for me, uh, I have a friend who who is also signed uh, to the same publishing company. And we were having a discussion this past weekend. And he was like, he was like, please, Ruben, don't get a big head. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's comic books, man. Like, you know, like, I, 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 you know, for me, it's like I said, writers are competitive and you can be right. Like you get, the, you know, if I sell 50,000 copies of, of issue one, I'm going to be feeling myself, but it's not like I'm going to be like, Oh no, I'm too big for, you know, these guys, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah, yeah. to go on this show. Like for me, like this is, I'm just, a, I'm just a Venezuelan Cuban kid out of Miami, bro. Like, I just want, I want people to see, I want people to see that just because, you know, you don't, you're not, you know, you don't come from this country, you know, or, and you were, maybe you came here at an early age, you know, whatever your goals and your dreams are, man, you got to follow them. You got to do them. And there's nobody in this world, whether you're Hispanic, black, brown, yellow, Asian, trans, straight, whatever, nobody can tell you anything about what you can do. Right. Bird. Only you can do that. Only you can look in the mirror and be like, nah, I can't do it. And nine times out of 10, that's what's stopping people. So if Hell I can yeah. do that um, and continue to be, you know, the kid from Miami, um, then that, you know, that's what I plan on doing, especially, you know, I, I, I admire guys like, like, uh, like Dwayne Johnson, um, because, who, and, who and, and, uh, <laughs> right. And like Gary V, because it's like, no matter how much money they got, like, they're just the same person they were before they got it. And I don't need to know that Dwayne, I don't need to, I, I like, I already know Dwayne Johnson was like that. I already know Gary V was a straight blunt motherfucker when it comes to telling people how it is, you know, before he got the millions. So that's what I'm going to continue to do. And, and by, by all means, I don't like, there's no, I don't have any dreams or aspirations uh, or fantasies that I'm going to become a millionaire off of comic books, but you know, it'd be nice to be able to put books on, on publishers, make a, make a certain niche for myself and have a certain group of fans who, when they all sit down at a con and they're talking about their favorite books or their favorite writers, my name may or may not get mentioned. And that, that's all I want. You know, that's all I want. And uh, that, that in no way ever is going to make me feel like I'm too big for my britches, bro. Like I'm, I'm always going to be the same guy, no matter what. So I'll, I'll be on here every time you want me here. You know, it's at that point, it's all about scheduling, though. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, he's starting right now. Butts. He's like, you know, fair enough. But but you know, I'll all give right. you my I'll give you I, my assistant's number. You'll get with him. Yeah, we'll work it out. I have one. I have a follow up question. I have a follow up. Yeah. How you assemble your team for this book? So you have a vision. You know, mm -hmm. you write your your scripts. And how how did we get this comic book? Mm. Uh, well, you know, in the beginning, I did a lot of uh, deviant art. Right. So I would I would go to their forums and DeviantArt is not a porn site, by the way, guys, just, you know, for people listening, um, it, just because it has the word deviant in it. Um, no, it's deviant. yeah, different type of deviant. It's just a platform where there, there's thousands of artists, you know, they're there. Uh, so and they have a, you know, like a like a message board and, you know, they have work for hire, blah, blah. And that's where I started. Um, but I've, I've kind of gone away from that and I just try to build my circle. So, uh, you know, since 2014, all I have on my friends list are either either you're a writer, you're a fan friend or somebody who is like really like into comics. 
um, that I want, you know, I want that kind of person in my circle uh, or you're just a friend for life. Um, so it's one of those things where like I'm, I'm constantly looking for the next person who is who blows my socks off. Right. Who I look at. I'm like, man, I need to work with that person. Um, and it, it's just been it, it, like that's just, it, my, my friends. This is just one big, you know, talent pool essentially. So I constantly look for, for people like that. Um, and with, uh, with the illusion, which, uh, you know, you first and foremost, you complimented my colorist. So I'll start with PH, uh, PH Gomez, who is a, a native Brazilian lives in Brazil. Um, this is going to be maybe his second or third book that he's done, you know? Damn, all right. Yeah. Like the dude is uber talented. I got to meet him through the artist, uh, foreign Ferry, who is Rodrigo uh, Catraca, uh, who was like, hey, guys, can you bring in my friend on, you know, issue two of Inferi? And I was like, well, yeah, well, we got a colorist, you know, he's good. Like, what's your guy going to do? And, you know, he showed us a few pages and I was like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, and I was uh, blown away, man. I was blown away. Yeah. I saw the cover. I was like, what? Well, the cover is actually Hedwin Zaldivar. Uh, like, so Hedwin Zaldivar is another guy who is just a beast. Um, you know, so he colored the cover, but the uh, the interiors are all PH Gomez. Um, Beautiful. And he's also he's also going to be doing in Ferry from here on out. He's pretty much going to do any book that I do, um, <laughs> really, because the kid's just super super talented. Hell yes. Um, and and then the artist uh, Andrea Erico, he is an Italian native. He he lives in mm. Italy. Um, and, uh, and yes, I do use a lot of Google translate. Um, I've got the app. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm fluent. I'm, I'm fluent in Google translate. Um, and, uh, by the way, if, you know, to, to all creators and writers who are working with overseas artists, use Google translate, it's going to make your life easier if you're not doing it already. Um, yeah, man. So, and then my letterist, Dave Lentz, um, he actually, he actually did a book that, that like, it made me want to, to make the illusion witch that much better, right? Uh, it was yeah. a book called Midnight Highway. It's uh, from two of my boys called Mike, uh, named Mike Tenner and Alex Mayday. Um, they just, you have to remind me, I have to put you in touch with these guys because if, if you love the illusion witch, you're gonna love yeah, Midnight Highway. To, it's yeah. it's, it's yeah, just, it, it's, it's like, it's like, an, it's like, you know, if you're like me, I love 80s, like the 80s genre trope, you know? Uh, and they 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 do this. They've got a 3D version of the book. It comes with 3D glasses. Like it's just oh, shit. like they, they 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 blew it away. And um, you know, like I said, writers are competitive. So when I when I when I saw that, I was like, I was like about to start production on the Illusion Witch. And uh, and I got Midnight Highway and I read it. And I immediately contacted Andrea and I was like, listen to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the art on this book needs to be flawless. Okay. Perfect. Um, so yeah, like, like this is the bar. Like, I'm like, I, I can't, it can't, you know, you, it can't get lower than this. So they really like, they, they pushed me. They, they really did. And, and I thank them for it, for it all the time. Um, so Alex Mayday did, uh, not Alex Mayday, excuse me, Dave Lentz um, did the letters on that book. And like I, like I said, for me, it's my favorite indie book. I've been in the game since 2014. Um, I got a lot of friends who have cool books, who I like their books. I really do. Um, but Midnight Highway, number one, was the first indie book that I read. Like that was, and when I say indie book, I don't mean like Image or, you know, Dark Horse or Behemoth right. or, yeah, or, yeah. or any of these other. I mean, indie, indie like my indie. Right. Like indie, indie. Indie, yeah. indie. Um, <laughs> it was the first book that I read that blew me away. I was like, oh, wow. whoa! I was like, man, this is impressive. Like, I, like from art to letters to colors to you know to writing, uh, you know, pacing, premise, panel work. I was just like, damn! I was like, and I hate you guys for doing this. How dare you? And <laughs> and uh, and again, the concept is just so amazing. You know, like I was just like, wow! I was like, oh, you know, and it's all wrapped up in a love story, which is, you know, again for me, I'm just a big sap for that crap. <laughs> um, but you know, so I'm like, wow! So I was, you know, it just made me want to make the illusion, which that much better. But I started to promote um, some of the art stuff that I had that I already had for the illusion, which, and Dave Lentz reached out to me, and he was like, hey, you know, by the way, if you need a letterer, um, and I was like, oh, what have you done? And and he was like. And knowing full well what he's done, because uh, I read the credits on books. And uh, he was like, oh, well, I just recently did Midnight Highway. And I was like, you're hired. <laughs> and uh, he's, you know, 
and ever since then you know it was like it's you know it's a joke like we we like uh me mike alex we're all very tight um so we all mess with each other uh but it's it's a very you know very cool working relationship because it's like i've got a group of people who love this book just as much as i do like if i took you through a stroll of my, on my dms from andrea when he's talking about like the he's gotten yeah. artists from image you know zenoscope to do these tribute pieces that are going to be in the back of like ah, the trade the, oh, like, wow. that, that are just like and he you know and he does that like he's not getting paid for that you know what i'm saying like he doesn't have to do that but he goes and he talks to his artist friends he's like yo do this piece do this piece because he loves the book you know like um like he was a huge component in making me like push towards publishing and being like yo we need to pitch and i know who to pitch and i got this guy here and you know so like and ph he could be charging me more than he does and he doesn't you know and and, and, and you know to quote him he's like he's like you're my guy you know what i'm saying <laughs> i love you man you know so it's like so it, it's one of those things where like everybody and then dave has this like no like bare minimum zero tolerance policy right so like I'll send him a page and I'll be like, oh, look at this page, how dope. He's like, yeah, but what about this and that? And he makes me see the page in a different light where I, I, I take off my, my, my rose-colored glasses of my love for, for this book. I say, and yeah. I look at it, you know, with bias and say, oh, you know what? You're right. That, that hand, that pinky looks weird. That angle, yeah, it doesn't look right. His body doesn't look long enough on the bed. He looks like a midget. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I go to Andrea and I say, hey, look, I, I know I said great job, but great job but here this is what i'm noticing now and it's it's a team effort man it's a, it's 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 one of those things where like it's if 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 one of us isn't clicking then this book wouldn't be as good as it is you know so i'm 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 super grateful that i've got from colors to to art to letters uh i've got people who love this thing my editor chris walk um you know he he's not shy uh, also Casey, you know, who's my co-writer on Unfairy. He reads all my scripts. He doesn't hold back any punches. Um, and then I've got my best friend, you know, who I bounce everything off of since the agency. Um, and he tells me, you know, hey, this could be better. You know, the other day he read issue uh, three uh, that I had just finished writing. And, um, you know, I kind of feed them at different times just to see, you know, who says what. And uh, he, you know, he finished reading three and he's like, say, listen, man, I don't, I don't want to blow your head up or anything like that. He's like, but you're so good right now. Like you're getting so like, you've gotten so good. He's like, I read this line that Baru said to Orion. And I was, he, I was like, he, he comes back and he's like, he's like, it reminded me of that, that Batman line that, that why do we fall moment, you know, like between him and Alf, between Bruce and Alfred. And I was like, I just, I put the laptop down and I hugged him and I was like, you get it, man. <laughs> you get yes. it. You know, bro love. so it's one of the, so yeah, it's that bro love where it's just like, you know, they're not blowing smoke on my ass, so to speak. You know, they're really giving it to me. You know, when it's bad, it's bad, you know, and I go and I hang my head down and they're like, oh, you could have done this better, you know, or hey, you're rushing this or, you know, you've got too many Care Bear jokes in this issue, you know, when it comes to Baru, like cut those out, you know, and there's things that I love and there's things that I want, but at the end of the day, like, I got to take that, you know, as a creative and be like, okay, maybe they're right, you know, and like, kind of just evolve that. So it's, it's all about picking and choosing the right people to come on board. And luckily, I've, I've had a good gut instinct and, and I've been able to choose a really wonderful team for this job. Yo, and, and we can tell, I think after reading issue one, Definitely. I'm glad you're describing that because it does, I think we can tell that you're working with a great, great team, you know, uh, I think with just a quick comparison, because right now I'm, I'm loving the X-Men books right now. I'm loving the Hickman era of X-Men books. And, mm. and I think a big mm. thing is that they're a well fucking fine tuned machine that, that, that hasn't been the case in, in the recent years. And I think what you're describing now reminds me of what I've been hearing a lot coming from the editor's office from X-Men books and all that kind of stuff, which is like everybody just gets along well. They love each other. But, you know, you can provide obviously uh, constructive criticism to get shit, you know, right. better. Right. Because everybody wants it to be better. Right. You're all invested in it. And, and, and I think we can tell. But in, so then with that. So then how then how do people get like the book? How then it becomes actually a book? Because I've seen like you have right now the Kickstarter, right, for for book two. So then how, how, how does that happen? Like people listening right now want this book. How do they get yeah, it? We're, right. We want this um, book. <laughs> um, well, um, June 1st, Tuesday, um, I'm launching uh, the second Kickstarter uh, for issues one and two. 
Um, so I, you know, that's how, mainly that's how people are going to be getting it right now. Um, if you contact me, you know, through any of my social medias, be it Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, I've got copies of issue one, you know, uh, I can always, you know, I accept PayPal. Um, so, you know, you hit me up, I'll ship it to you. Uh, you know, if you want me to sign it, I'll sign it. Um, but the mass world won't be seeing it till April of next year in comic book stores. So if you want it now without like a publisher's logo and like, you know, all the stuff that comes along with, you know, having a published book, whether it be ads or, or just, you know, different cover than, you know, than what I've got going on the kick Kickstarter. Um, now is, you know, you, you've got to look out for the Kickstarters because that's, that's where I'm going to be pushing it, you know, from here till, um, till, Till we till I get released, you know, on on, on the uh, to be named publisher. Uh, but yeah, uh, so you can you know you can hit me up, you can or you can you know support on the Kickstarter. Which again, I always for me the Kickstarters are great because it's it's a it's a great way to you know not only grow my fan base but I get to talk to everybody. I you know I do the updates. I'm always you know on Messenger. People respond. You know people hit me up. I respond as fast as possible. Um, I'm not one of those like. I mean, you, you know, you're not going to shoot me a message and you're not going to hear from me for days. Like I'm going to respond to you uh, as quickly as I can. Um, and the Kickstarter, you know, gives you opportunities to get like really cool stuff. Like I've got this really great artist. Her name is Alex Monik. Um, I don't have her. I just have the, you know, the, the, the honor of being able to work with her, um, who she did uh, when that inside the credits page where it's Addy on the stage floating. Yeah. Um, she did that piece uh, for Kickstarter one. Uh, and you'll be able to get the piece again in, in this one. There's like, there's going to be uh, character pieces, right? They're going to be these, these, these postcards that, you know, the really good quality, if you want to frame them, like, you know, and it's going to have, it's going to be, uh, it's Adia. The, this next one is going to be Orion, who is a character you're going to, you're going to meet soon. Um, then the next one will be maybe the villain. Uh, we, like I mentioned, we've got the trading card, the Baru trading card, uh, very old school Marvel style. Um, you know, type of card, you flip it around, it's got the little info, it's got, you know, a little special oh, power, wow. whatever, blah, blah. Um, so we've got, you know, we've got that. Uh, so, you know, and then I've got these hoodies. Um, we're going to do shirts. Yes. Uh, my boy does does woodwork. So we've got these wooden coasters with the Illusion Witch logo on them. Variety. So like the, Damn. Yeah, yeah. Like the Kickstarters are cool for that reason, right? You get to have, you know, little, these little extras. And, um, you know, I've got other things there like... Um, Zoom meeting with me. Not that anybody's going to pay to talk to me, but at the end of the day, like, Everyone you know, gonna talk to you. Uh, if, the, if there's a creator, you know, or people who want to talk, you know, we could do that. Um, I've got a, an executive uh, producer tier um, that I'm not putting on this one. I'll put on the next one. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, sometimes I'll do that. Uh, original art bookmark all that stuff stickers you know so i think the kickstarters are cool for that reason because it, it lets me interact with everybody who's backing and then i get to kind of fulfill on your on your trust right you you gave me 20 bucks and now you know a month later you get a book from me you know what i'm saying and yeah. and that kind of that that develops you know a kind of give and take relationship where you're like okay well if i'm enjoying this I'm going to keep coming back and supporting Ruben, you know, and, and that goes for the illusion, Witch, or, you know, in fairy or the agency, I'm going to look out for Ruben because, you know, he's got cool Kickstarters and I get, you know, I get a book and I get art and I get stickers and, and all this stuff. Hell and yeah. I feel like I'm a part of everything that he's doing. I helped him get to where, you know, make that book happen. So, and I, and I, I just really love that experience. So for right now, mainly it's Kickstarter, but like I said, you know, if you were to reach out to me and I've got, the books on hand, I'll more than happy take a PayPal payment and ship it off to you. It's not a big deal. As fucking American as it gets, people give you money and they get stuff. <laughs> right, right. Hell yeah. Cool stuff. Facts, that shit is a winning formula. Um, There's one thing that I was actually wondering now, you stated that Adia's journey, well, her struggles and the way she dealt with them is based on your own personal experience and the like. Now, her as a character, aesthetically speaking was that inspired by anyone in your life did you have any input on her development or was that mainly the artist so fans have um, an idea when they're blown away um no i mean i knew i, I knew i wanted addy a lot i knew i wanted addy to be indian american right um uh just because there's a certain kind of uh, mysticism 
uh, to to that culture uh, and 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 just the, the the kind of people that they are. Uh, and but but in terms of like aesthetically, like visually, no, not not one person. You know, I sent him a couple of references. You know, of 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 kind of like the look I was going for. But I didn't know. I don't know anybody specifically that I can say. Oh, Adia looks like that. You know, <laughs> obviously, if you look at my mom, my mom was like white as hell. I mean, she was Cuban, but like, <laughs> you know, she was white as hell. So you know, the 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 dark skin, the dark hair, uh, that kind of stuff. Like that's all just culture. You know what I'm saying? That's all who like those people are and what they look like. So for me, it was very important that we got that right. You know. Um, but but yeah, no nobody specifically. Uh, I knew in terms of like character wise who she was and what 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 like the kind of person that I wanted her to come off as. Um, so but I had to kind of write that line because I you know again I'm I'm a male writing a female character. So Word. trust me that I had I had I trepidations. <laughs> right, I, I had trepidations on doing that. But but you know, I asked a lot of females you know to read the script and and to kind of give me their take good on whether call. I was good. Cool. right. Good whether, call. Right. Whether I was like being like bitchy or like do women really, you know, would, would people re would a woman really react like this? How does, you know, would she speak like this? You know, and it, uh, everything kept coming back. Yes. You know, because it's like, if, he, if they've gone through this, then there's a real chance that this person can really respond in this kind of manner and be this kind of person. So you're not doing anything that's forced or anything yeah. that's like, you know, cliche. Uh, which is something that I wanted to avoid, you know? Yeah, I will say that because I do think that's one of the things I really loved immediately from the book, reading it, that it felt genuine, nice. right? And it did feel, because some comics do feel very comic booky, no? Like that it's like, it's not realistic characters, not real people, no? And, and there's obviously this element of fantasy to it. But even your book, obviously the fantasy element is the moment for me that it was like, oh, right, I'm, I'm in a comic book, right? But everything else <laughs> still felt very... Exactly, genuine the relate the way they were flowed. yeah, and like complex and, and and shit like that. Not just black and white. There's a good guy and there's a bad guy. Not not just that way. But I wanted to yeah. ask you too now. So we're very fucking excited to hear everything that's gonna come out through the Kickstarter and with the awesome news that we can't wait till you reveal it for for the publishing for next year. But what does that mean in terms of for the books now? Right, you're saying that you know the Kickstarter is gonna come out for book one and book two, uh, and and so then. Book three, four, five, six, all the way to eight will come out on the when next year when it's published. Or will it come out before or how how does that work? Um, well, I mean, I was immediately told to keep doing kick to keep you know to that I'm allowed to keep doing the kickstarters. So that means that at the end of the day, I can I can keep it going. Um, you know, which is a good, which is a great way. Again, you know, we can start treating them as pre-sales or so, so to speak. Uh, I won't go back to so, Kickstarter, obviously, again, for issues one and two, this, that'll be done. Um, yeah. And of course, we're going to start chronologically when we release them um, in April. So it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tricky situation. I haven't been here before, right? Like this yeah. is like, uh, this is the first time, I mean, other than the brief stint at Alterna, which was very, very short. Um, and they were, a digital only uh, publisher at the time, like they weren't publishing, you know, they weren't putting the book out in comic book stores. Um, they were just a publishing by name, so to speak. Um, you know, I've done it all myself. You know, it's either thinking like yeah. productions when it was alive. And now with DFAT, you know, my boy, uh, my boy Casey, um, where, you know, it's kind of like an imprint house, so to speak, not so much a publisher because we're not in diamond or, or soliciting to comic book stores. Um, it's just a place to kind of call home um, a collective. Uh, but now with this publishing company that 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 has picked up the book, this is going to be the first time that, that I'm on a real publisher. Um, so this is this is all new territory for me. Like I said, I was talking to to my friend who's also signed and I was asking him like all the rookie questions, you know, like, hey, are they going to send me a shirt? Um, are they uh, like, what's the deal uh, when it comes to like cons and how does that work? You know, so it's like all these things that I don't know how it's going to work. But, you know, slowly but surely, I'm sure those answers will come um, and I'll keep everybody posted, man. But for right now, I was told to go get my money when it comes to the Kickstarter. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go and get this money so that I can go get do it. Uh, so that I, we, could, we can get keep it. doing we can do issue three um, if it does well. Uh, book three might be out before the end of the year. You know, oh, awesome. it's just how I, how awesome. I feel about it. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fairly busy. I've got 
another, you know, I got the agency number seven that I'm, is almost done in productions. Uh, it's in production right now. And uh, I have a book called Bermuda, <clears throat> uh, tentatively titled Bermuda, um, that I'm that I'm dying to to get going on. Yes, yeah. um, but but again, you know, um, and a couple other projects that that I'm not going to name right now, just because I don't know how I, I'm not in control of those yeah. uh, of when they come out. But two really exciting projects uh, that I wrote scripts for. Uh, so there's a lot of like my name's going to be, uh, as the kids say, popping in 2022. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to all of that. The The publishing deal is, is the is the uh, as my father says, the cream on top of the pie. Uh, and, and hopefully that's going to open up even more doors. Uh, but I'm going to keep doing this Kickstarter thing until they tell me to stop, because at the end of the yeah. day, it's been working, you know, in Ferry, the agency now Illusion, which Illusion, which was 200. And, and I say this the, humbly because I see guys surpassing this, but it was huge for me, you know, all, almost clocking, you know, a little over six grand, 299 backers. Um, That's awesome. You know, I, I was blown away. I, I couldn't believe it. So, you know, for me, like I just my goal here on this one is 100 more, right, 100 more backers. Yeah. Than, than this last one to bring people into the world. And I'm hoping it happens just because it is now two issues that you can, you know, jump on and kind of read back to back. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm a workhorse. So if, if this thing does really, really well to where I can recover from what I've already put in and then drop the bag on Andrea and PH and yeah. Dave to get going on, on, on book three, well, then that's what it's going to be. And, and we'll see maybe one and maybe we'll see another one towards, towards fall or, or uh, early, early, you know, late summer, you know, depending on how the, you know, where the agency drops. Um, we also have in Ferry Two coming out, which is beautiful. Like the the work that Rodrigo's doing there, uh, you know, me and Casey have in Ferry Two. He'll run that Kickstarter, so that'll be on him. But but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot coming up. So it's just a matter of kind of being able to to uh, to set the the timetable and 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 kind of say, okay, I can I can run it now, fulfill then run the next one, fulfill, yeah. and then, okay, this is a good date to launch the next one. You know, because also, you know, you don't, you don't want to drop at the wrong time where people are financially, you know, constricted and things like that. Um, but again, you know, you worry about those problems when you get there. But yeah, well, Kickstarters are going to keep going, man. <laughs> Dude, listen, man, your grind and your hustle is beyond inspiring. Just like you said earlier, your journey is insane. It's going to be like one of those stock charts. It seems like a lot of ups and downs. But when you zoom out and you look at the five-year, 10-year gap, it's all one steady upward trajectory to greatness. That's I'm on me straight from, up. From, from your lips to God's ears, brother, because, <laughs> yeah, you know, but but like like I tell people all the time, man, it's, it's about the grind. It's about the work. There's, you know, the other day somebody posted like, oh, is it talent that gets you there or, or your marketing? And I'm like, it's all of it. It's all work talent. Like me, there's a hundred of us, right? Like I know, like I said, I could throw a rock at my Facebook friends list and hit 30 awesome creators, but it's, are they going to, am I going to work as hard as they are or am I, are they outworking me? And that's where I feel like there's a difference. Like I am, I'm on, you know, like I feel like I'm constantly working as to where I see people kind of like now, you know, almost taking these breaks or taking a little longer to fulfill so that they can get to the next one. Like me, I just want to in and out. Like I like yeah. I want to I want to drop it, hit you with it. And then now I'm back again, you know, and that's and that's kind of like the way that I look at it when I'm writing, too, because it's like, yeah, sure. I'm, I got the illusion, which pretty much wrapped up. But what's next for Ruben Romero? Right. What's next for me? How does that work? And and like, what what am I going to give the world next? So it's uh, like behind me and behind the illusion, which there's like a freaking tidal wave that I cannot wait to just drop on people because it's just that, that I think is going to show like, Whoa, did this guy even sleep in 2021? Like at the end of the day, like where, where was he at? What was he doing? You know, because it's, that's just the, the only way that I'm going to make it, you know, my vision board has, you know, on 2021 had guests signed by an indie publisher. I can bang that off. Ah, like I, yes. I, I've envisioned that that that's ah. manifested. So I'm always looking at these goals, man. And I don't, you know, I can't speak for my other creators. You know, I don't know what kind of love and drive and passion, you know, I see, you know, like I said, there's some books that speak to me and I'm like, there's a lot of love and passion here, but I just don't know how, like what they're like, are they willing to sacrifice the things that I'm willing to sacrifice? Right. And, yeah. and that's, that's their own, you know, that's their journey for me is like, I'm, you know, as long as my son is good 
and my wife is happy, then I can go to work. Then I can do the things that I need to do. And, and right now, both of those boxes are checked on a regular basis. So that means that that means that I can go to work whenever I want. So that's what I'm doing. Yo, hell yes, man. We know. And, and it's fucking evident, man. You got it. You got it all. You got the talent and you got the fucking hustle, man. You're not going to let that go, man. And yeah, speaking of that, we can imagine how fucking busy you are, man. We've kept you already too much of your precious time, man. We're fucking But we can continue talking to you fucking hours, man. We would love to have you back, man, especially when you got fucking the great news that you can uh, reveal. Word. But for the fans out there right now, now, where can they find you? How can they reach out to you? What's 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 the good? All right. So first and foremost, June 1st, the Illusion Witch uh, book one and book two Kickstarter drops. Um, please, you know, whether you back it monetarily or you share it, either one is just as valuable. So uh, please check that out on Kickstarter. Uh, you can find me on all social media platforms. Uh, Twitter is at Ruben the Writer. Uh, Facebook is Ruben Romero or, or uh, I've got two pages. One, you know, my personal, you can reach out to me there uh, or I have a writer's page, uh, Ruben Romero. Uh, you can look for that. And, uh, and, and if not, you know, uh, like I said, in terms of the Kickstarter, you can always message me while that's running or message any of one of the campaigns that I've ran. Uh, it all comes back to me. But uh, if you want a quick response, Twitter's the way to go. Um, that's my that's my go to platform. Instagram is the same Ruben, the writer. Um, so, yeah, just uh, anywhere, any on any of those social media platforms, you could find me and reach and reach out to me. Awesome, man. And fans, there you have it. That was Mr. Ruben. Romero, the current man, the future myth, and the future legend. Yes. Fans, we love you guys. Here is out. As always, my brothers, my brethren, it's a pleasure doing this. This is Chez. Love you guys. We are the Legion. Yo, this is Miguel. We're excited. Thanks, Ruben, for joining us. We're looking forward to more news from you. Yep. Keep an eye out for that Kickstarter. It was a gorgeous book, cover to cover. From, from, from the beginning to the dedication to your mom, it was all lovely. Uh, I hope the fans support it. I certainly will. And this is Rod signing out for the Legion on Zoom. Later, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Legion on Zoom, starring and produced by Jose Perez, a.k.a. Chez, Rodney Martinez, and myself, Miguel Arce. Click subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or shoot us an email at legiononzoom at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Legion on Zoom.